0: I already got my water, in fact. All right. Well, I've got my tea. Let's hit it.
1: Hi. Welcome back to Not So Southern. gentlemen. I'm Ricky.
0: And I'm Sean. Oh,
1: man. Bill Paxton.
0: Why? Ah. I don't know, man. This one hit hard. Like, I'm just flipping through Facebook And then uh, our friend Jamie that uh, I believe we're both friends with, he hits me up on Facebook Messenger and he's like, Bill Paxton died. I was like, what? No. No, this isn't true. Instantly I go to Google, looking it up, looking it up. Sure enough, it's true due to surgical complications like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It's just –
1: yeah. this one – Oh, gosh Sucks. and let's talk a little about why that is I mean Bill Paxton Terminator he, he's the punk and it's it's not a big role it's it's just a, a little small thing but he's memorable in that right. a, and then right after that aliens come on he is the I mean he's not the star of the movie but man he is so memorable every quote I have from aliens is Bill it's Paxton Hudson. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. Hudson. And like yeah. I mentioned in my Facebook post, my son's name is Hudson. And that's due in part to uh, that. I mean, most mostly because my wife liked the name. And I was like, oh, well, I like the name,
0: too. I have so, a couple
1: of reasons.
0: There you go. So, yeah. yeah. And, well, uh, not to mention, you know, he's Chet from Weird Science. Absolutely.
1: And that, he is a star in that, I tell you. Like I put out on Facebook, what roles he was in... He he just blew him out. I mean, he's just chewing scenery left and light, and you're just smiling the whole time. But he was also an actor that I mean, that wasn't his shtick. I mean, he could go from Chet to Hudson uh, to frailty, you know, frailty to the lead in Twister to Big Love, and it's each different characters. You're not looking at the screen, go, oh, I can't watch this. This is Hudson. No, he w- he was a really diverse actor. I mean, Predator Two. Twister, A Simple Plan, which is a what? great movie. Frailty, like you mentioned. One of
0: my favorites? Tombstone. One of my favorites? Oh, oh yeah. Tombstone. He was incredible there. One of my favorites is the ball guy from True Lies.
1: Absolutely. I mentioned that in my Facebook post as well. I mean, he's just so smarmy and disgusting in that movie. But it, it's great. Oh, yeah. It's great comic book. What comedy. kind of a
0: spy pees himself? <laughs>
1: Apollo thirteen. He's great in that. I mean, he, the list goes on and on, and I am. This one really hit me. You know what? Oh, gosh, sixty one is too early for an actor. I mean, he was just on Agents of Shield a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, and he was he's still doing plenty of stuff.
0: Ah, ah, oh, life. Yeah, this whole uh, 2017 is starting to uh, carry on that feel of 2016, and uh, we need to find a way to break that bad juju.
1: 2017 is carrying the torch for 2016, it looks like. Uh, But, speaking of 2017, movies. Have you heard about Get Out?
0: I have not. I know that it's getting a lot of, you know, I've seen Chris Stuckman reviewed it. I haven't watched his uh, review of it yet. I, I've watched the trailer enough to kind of know what it's about. Like, is it a horror film?
1: Yes, absolutely. It is a horror film. And like Chris Stuckman was, was mentioning about the film, was that, you know, for his first outing, well, I mean, not first outing, I guess, uh, what was the uh, cat movie? For for him doing this movie, and it's a genre film, it is a horror film, he said it was really good. There are a couple of rookie mistakes that he said, you know, kind of bothered him in the movie. But, being a genre film, a horror film, they got the uh, the idea across of what it's like to be a, uh, a person, a minority in a group of, of different people, and and the horror works. Uh, he said it really works, and I, I'm really excited to see this movie now um, because you know Key and Peele are are very funny, and plus he mentioned that the comedy in it really works. Right. Because I haven't seen it, that's all I can talk about. But I am very interested
0: in watching this movie now. So did Jordan Peele, did he just direct it or is it written by him as well? Uh, I am think, think he did write and direct. Nice. So, okay, so watching this is a true, the ability of Jordan Peele, not just comedy. Yeah. Awesome, dude. I, I'm excited for that. I'll have to check that one out. It and, looks good. And speaking of directing, here we go
1: again for a third week in a row. Mr. Matt Reeves is now again directing the Batman officially. They did announce that Matt Reeves is directing Batman. There was, yes. we did go over the uh, rumors but news that talks had broken down last week and it didn't look like he was going to do it, but apparently they fixed some stuff and agreed and hands shook and here we go. We've got a director for Batman. And once again, I'm still excited because I I
0: think he does good work. I agree with you, and I knew it was official when I seen the tweet that Ben Affleck tweeted him and said, "Welcome to the Batcave." I was like, "Okay, well, there's there's Twitter interactions here, so this this thing's for real," and I was glad of it.
1: This week's story, I wanted to touch on a special time in comics. Sean, you're familiar with the '90s.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, I mean you, that's, you like, that's you your like bread and butter, point out, right? You like to point out that I came into comics during a very bad time. Well, let me let me
1: talk about that a little now. Of course, last week we talked about a, a specific discussion on X Men comics, and we led up to uh, the Jim Lee run, which started in the nineties. And I did stop there because I wanted to talk about a specific moment in comics. Now, in the nineties, artists had become pretty big in comics. We're talking Marvel had the likes of Jim Lee, uh, Wallace Patasio, Rob Leefield, who was doing good work at the time. You know, insert your jokes here about Rob Leefield. Wallace Patasio had the X-Men for a while after Jim Lee, because Jim Lee broke out his own X-Men book, much like Todd McFarlane had done with... Uh, Todd McFarlane was on Spider-Man at this time and broke into... He, they gave him his own Spider-Man book, but like there were a like huge amount of artists working at Marvel at the time, and it was a really really enjoyable time for someone like me who loved uh, the art coupled with the characters. I loved, uh, you know, story. Some of the stories were getting pushed to the side because you know the artists were were selling, right. and that led to uh, we're getting into the nineties. Comic books are coming back. People are taking notice, you know, people start thinking, oh, these, uh, start taking notice that these older comic books are starting to sell at auctions, like Christie's and, you know, those kind of auction houses for big money. And people got the bright idea of, oh, I can invest in comic books coming out today. We start we started seeing record numbers of comics like you would not believe being sold Uh, gatefold covers, multiple variant issues, like the Todd McFarlane Spider-Man book that came out had four released covers. Um, Right. They had uh, the regular color cover. You had the gold cover, which was the second printing. You had the silver color cover. You had the silver cover that was sealed in a bag. You had the platinum edition that was given one per comic book shop. You had the second and third printings of that. I mean, like, they were selling 800,000 copies. <laughs> you know? That's unreal. Just, just an amazing amount of stuff. And it was a really good time to to love comic books. I mean, their stuff was out there. You could get it. And don't get me wrong. I loved that part of 90s comics. But then there came a point where some people, and I will name check them, uh, <laughs> Todd McFarlane... Uh, Eric Larson, Rob Liefeld, you know, and those guys all got together and go, hey, we're the money. We should take all of our stuff because Marvel, DC are not giving us the rights to our characters, the characters we created. In fact, some of that stuff still lingers today. You'll still have news stories of a creator in the 90s uh, having to sue or negotiate rights for a character that's now getting into movies ...that they created back in this time. And suddenly you had the company call ...a little company called Image came along.
0: Ooh, Image. And
1: now, I was not a fan of Image because I lost all my great artists, all those characters I loved. Marvel was suddenly scrambling, putting, you know, not-so-great art on the table... And uh and, and I bl- I had all my hatred, all my vitriol went toward Image. Now, with that said, don't get me wrong. Not everything was rosy in the '90s because, the- uh, uh, and I can describe because, like every comic book besides, like uh, besides McFarlane and besides those big artists, every other book, Marvel and DC, started looking like started looking the same. Like, if you pick up a Superman book at that time, you pick up a, uh, a Green Lantern book at that time, you pick up a Guardians of the Galaxy at, er, at that time, they all started looking like the same artist was doing everything. I mean, it was just bland. And all the great stuff went to Image. And But now, that did inspire quite a few people to start collecting comics, like a certain podcaster I know.
0: Yes, I was about to say, on the, on the flip side of that, this is before we knew each other, before you were able to give me that perspective on being a Marvel fan at that time, and then losing everybody. I'm just a kid learning about comics, and all of a sudden this new company that looks amazing comes on the scene, and I'm instantly spending all my allowance, finding odd jobs during the summer, to buy comics, which is why I am now resting my feet on a long box full of Image Comics, all number 1s, number 2s, number 3s, 4s and 5s occasionally, all full of Image stuff. Other than Spawn, I bet I don't have past a 4 or a 5 on any of them because the stories just never grabbed me.
1: Yeah, and that was... You know, but those guys, those guys made bank. There's still Wildstorm. There's still, you know, stuff they did, uh, and, and and of course, Image Big Powerhouse was Todd McFarlane, was the Spawn, was oh uh, yeah, Savage Dragon.
0: Dude, I, I love Savage Dragon, and I also uh like I liked Wildcat. Wildcat I thought Cats that was, was really good. I liked I like Jim Lee. Man, he does great work. Yeah,
1: and you had uh, and. Cyberforce, Force, Wetworks, and, and, you know, Wallace Pratasio was not a name you heard that often, but he was the guy on X-Men, he was the guy that did Wetworks. I really liked his style. I even collected Wetworks. And I, I think he's an unsung artist in, in comics. I really, really did like Wallace Pottasio.
0: Yeah, but dude, uh, Wetworks is a great one. I, I bet... I have like several wet works that are variant covers or everything. Uh, they look gorgeous. They, they look to the point that, you know, I've honestly thought about tearing certain pages out because I like certain scenes. Cause I've thought it has no value really. And I could sit down with like a shadow box and build my own favorite image scenes. Cause they're not worth crap, but the art in them is just flat out
1: gorgeous. Oh, yeah. you had Witchblade and, and The Darkness. Uh, What's the other one? Shadow
0: Cat? No,
1: it's Shadow... Shadow Line. No. Maybe. No, 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 no. no. That, that was dark. the the dark...
0: Uh, oh, Jim... Val- Shadow Hawk. It's yeah. Shadow Hawk.
1: And that's the artist I was talking about. Um, every comic in the 90s started looking like Jim Val- uh, Valentino's art.
0: Yes, no, and Jim, Jim, Jim Valentino.
1: Jim Valentino was an artist on Guardians of the Galaxy at this time, and don't get me wrong, I liked him, but everybody started looking like him. There's Any Superman,
0: pull a Superman from the 90s, like Death of Superman stuff, looks like his artwork. And see, that was the other thing that pulled me into comics, personally, was right as I was hitting all this, here comes Death of Superman, and there's four different issues a week I have to buy, and they all tie in, And, dude, I I just remember sitting and reading stacks upon stacks leading up to death of Superman. Mm -hmm.
1: And a a bunch of the artists, here's like a a more complete list, Uh, Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, Mark Silvestri, who, of course, I talked about last week working on X-Men. He worked on Wolverine. Eric Larson. I was not a fan of Eric Larson. Uh, His work on Spider-Man after uh, Todd McFarlane left, I thought was subpar. Uh, but then the savage—he when he did The Savage Dragon, a lot of people fell in love with him. And, and you know, I'm fine with that. I mean, he, he's an artist just like anybody else. You can love him. You cannot love him. It's fine. <laughs> Jim Valentino I thought was okay. And Wallace portasio like I said, I, I was in love with. So,
0: yeah. And That's awesome.
1: Like, what was the Death Blow? No, that was a... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Death Blow. That, yeah, was, death a, blow. that was a Jim Lee thing, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure Death Boy was Jim Lee as well.
1: Yeah, and then uh, there there's another one I'm thinking of that uh, I can't remember. Sam Keith, The Max, uh, which, oh, had, yeah. which had an MTV show. It was it was big enough. Uh, Dale, K-E-O-W-N, and he did Pitt. He was working on a great run of Incredible Hulk whenever uh, Image started. Jay Lee, a great, great uh, unsung artist. Uh, hellshock was the book he started working on just a whole bunch of talent in Dude. image and and like I said I, I i say image and turn left and spit but for for people who love it they love it and that's fine
0: I know I know and and, and you gotta admit the image nowadays is totally different from the image you know in the 90s because image nowadays has some really good books that I really enjoy like their storylines are top of the line, you know. The creation
1: of Image helped fix a few things in the comic industry at the time, you know. It it gave people pause and went, "Oh, <laughs> you know, maybe we are doing something wrong or maybe our creators do need to get some stuff." And competition brings out the best in everybody. I mean, a uh, rising tide raises all ships. So, in retrospect, it kind of needed to happen. I'm going to admit that now, but that still doesn't mean I like Todd McFarlane. So, <laughs> we can move on from there.
0: Oh, we all know that you love that rising tide, especially when it's being risen by Michael Bay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, God.
0: So, dude, did uh you go anywhere and pick up anything this week?
1: Holy, um, the question is, did you, before I get started? Well,
0: the only thing I picked up this week was... uh. Like I had mentioned last week that I was having trouble with Stranger Things Pops and stuff. I stopped by my local GameStop and I was able to pick up Stranger Things Will and the GameStop exclusive Rocket Raccoon. But a big shout out to Mike Becker who hit me up on Facebook and he has shipped me Upside Down Will, the Think Geek exclusive. So... Thank you to Mike. It is so much appreciated. I can't wait to have it. Thank you very much. Nice. And that's all I got this week, man. Buddy of mine named uh, Doc uh, hit me up on
1: text. And uh, I, I have a, a, a text session between me, Doc, and my friend Brad. He hit both of us up. It was like, either of y'all need a Titans Return Fortress Maximus? <laughs> I was like, Yes. What I mean? What, what are we? Yeah, of course, but what are we talking about here? The store Ross uh, had a deal on uh, Titans Return, Fortress Maximus. I mean, a third of the price, discount store, and I had to bite. Uh, me and Brad both got one, and I picked mine up this week. Now it's been at Brad's house for about uh, a month, so I actually had purchased it. But uh, in hand, man, this thing is. Massive. I mean, the box is two two feet by, you know, a foot and a half. Beautiful artwork by Marcelo a uh, friend of the podcast, and oh, I, I'm just staring at it this whole time. It is absolutely the hugest thing. I, the huge. It's hugest. It's hugely big. It
0: is a very, awesome.
1: very big toy. It's the, one of the Whoa, biggest transformers
0: you- ever made. You sent me that text that had it compared. You had it sit next to your Voltron Funko, and I bet you that thing's three Funkos tall, uh, at least. Let's try four. Four Funkos tall. Jeez, that thing's ginormous.
1: Exactly. So this is this is going to go on the shelf, and uh, I mean, like, just for a size comparison, if you're ever in the store and see a deluxe Transformer, a current deluxe Transformer, you know, it's about six seven inches tall um it has one of those in in with it that transforms into the head so i mean it's the head's as big as a fist so if you can imagine a body it's uh, a it's a big toy um and other than that i i i made the mistake of going to collector's paradise
0: (laughs) oh dude it's the best
1: i love it and uh you know, I was just going for a couple of minutes. They were about to close. Uh, my, I had my son's cousin with me who'd never been to a comic book store. I was like, we were eating. He said that. it's was like, all right, we're going to go. Let's go. Let's do this. We're only going to be there a few minutes, but you'll get to go to a comic book store. We'll pick you up something. And he, he, you've been to a comic book store. So we went, went in, talked to the owner. I was like, so sorry. I know you're about to close. Co- my kid's cousin's never been in a comic book store. I thought I'd bring him here. And he's like, "That's okay, we're actually open an extra hour tonight."
0: <laughs> so, Dude, Randy's like the nicest guy ever. Really, like, he was. Oh, he's he's just incredible. So, what all did you walk out with?
1: That's the question. Well, see, here's the problem. I got to talking to Mister Randy. Um, oh my goodness! And uh, I had uh, now I've I've mentioned before that I picked up the DC Legends number six, which is by John Byrne, I I did not realize this, fell in love with the art, the DC characters by John Byrne, almost all of them are in the book, I was like, oh I gotta get more of this, then of course I realized, oh it's the first appearance of the Suicide Squad, and the movie just came out, I was like, never mind (laughs) I'm not doing this right now, but um, I got to talking to him and for a really good price he got me the other five books, so I I own all of the Legends by John Byrne, Um, and of course, it is the first appearance of Amanda Waller and the Suicide Squad. Uh, Very happy with it. Very happy with it. I haven't read it all yet. I got through the first couple of issues before uh, bedtimes and crying children and diapers and that kind of thing, so...
0: That is awesome. I
1: will will get into the rest of that. And then, of course, I hit his famous, you know, dollar bin. That 99 cent bin.
0: I'm telling you, uh, if you're listening and you're local, I've been to pretty much all the comic book stores in this area multiple times. Collector's Paradise has the best dollar bins in this area, and they're as good as dollar bins as a $2 bin at a con. I Uh, guarantee you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh. I picked up uh, four or five um, Alpha Flight by John Byrne. Well, one was by Mike McNola of Hellboy fame, and I didn't realize it. But uh, and Alpha Flight's a pretty easy book to get a hold of. Uh, But I love John Byrne's John Byrne's art. I just love it. So, uh, you know, I got those for a good price. I picked up uh, a cover, an Avengers cover by John Byrne, number two sixty, and. I got a good price on some Thor, like we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, Walter Simonson run of Thor. And this, of course, is the Ragnarok storyline, and then the Death of the Executioner storyline, which I'm missing the one that actually has the death number, 362. But I did get the lead-up issues, and, you know, with the movie coming up, uh, Carl Urban is playing the Punisher in Thor Ragnarok, so... Uh, you're probably going to see this storyline play out uh, in Thor Ragnarok. Really happy with those purchases, and then of course, I did pick up uh, a John Byrne cover Daredevil and uh, Spider-Man Annual 13 by John Byrne. So, that oh, is and, awesome. and uh, last uh, after we already recorded last week, I did go by a local antique store where comics were, and I got Craven's Last Hunt. Uh, spectacular Spider-Man 131 and 132 for a real good price.
0: That is awesome, dude.
1: Art by Mike Zeck. Another great artist. Oh,
0: Mike Zeck. Such good stuff there.
1: Yeah, any anything Mike Zeck did in Marvel was was gold. Like his uh, Captain America issues I have right beside me framed. Um, you know, uh his his uh, run on uh, the Punisher miniseries, like we talked about last week, the miniseries of the '80s, a uh, bunch of posters he did, uh, just just
0: great stuff. That's awesome, dude. All right, man. Now is something that we've been talking about doing, and and just to give people the listeners, you know, an idea, um, we're not getting away from. Have you seen it or don't see it? We're just taking a slight hiatus to discuss. A few of the TV shows that we both just emphatically enjoy every single bit. There are stuff, like, I know so much about the TV show that we're about to discuss that uh, I could discuss it on any level, I guarantee you, and be able to keep up. And what we're going to talk about today is seriously one of my favorite shows of all time, hands down, and that is Lost. Now, Rick? Yes! Lost.
1: Lost. We're currently my family is currently going through my second watching, my son's first watching, my wife's second watching, which she's actually paying attention. <laughs> which nice. is you know, which means she likes it. She doesn't really care, care for much television. She's got other stuff to do. She will get upset if we if we start watching Lost without her. So
0: I wanted to ask you before we press on. Let's let's you know, it's been out for years. Uh, A decade or more, probably since the beginning. We are going to discuss stuff today that is probably very spoiler-ish. You know, if it's not a show you haven't seen and you are interested, then this may not be the discussion for you. Or, if you don't want to invest the time and you want to hear people discuss it just very openly before you even start it, maybe this will be your thing, but... we are going to discuss this widely open and uh rick where where would you like to start when discussing this tv show
1: oh my gosh uh well i mean do you want to talk themes of the show do you want to talk secrets of the show i well that well that's the thing i'm lost you know
0: for (laughs) yeah you're lost what we're talking about you know you're talking about the survivors of flight oceanic flight 815 that landed on an island and just so that i get this point across they were very much alive when they <laughs> landed on the island <laughs> you use the term landed loosely uh. yeah yeah when they well see that's the thing you look at this these people were purposely brought to this island I believe they could have survived anything at that point uh, of you don't realize this you know at the beginning of this show but these people were brought there for a reason they lived through the plane crash for a reason Well
1: all right well here's yeah.
0: our here's our first thing were
1: they brought there because uh, wasn't it the the electromagnetic uh, disturbance that somebody accidentally didn't get to the thing in time
0: and stopped Well see but see that's that is correct, but the moment they were brought there, they instantly became candidates for Jacob they they you know Jacob finally had more people that he could have selection from to to take over his mantle as you know guardian of the island per se
1: well we're we're do we do we want to do a full in depth of' cause, like I think we need to talk themes because okay. if we if we if we if we get into the minutia, like we're already talking about Jacob, and we're talking about we're going to talk about the smoke monster, we're going to talk about the well, we're going to talk about those sort of things. Don't want people to be lost, but lost. I, I don't think we could get into the minutia in a fifteen-minute conversation. Um
0: right. You know the well, the big well, here's, questions. Here's, here's something I would say. You know I, I've had a lot of people. Come to me when I when I say stuff like Lost is my favorite show of all time. Well, why? I tried to watch a few episodes and I just didn't get it. This this point needs to be stated as well. If you make you want to watch Lost, you start at episode one and you do not skip an episode. Right, you, and I can attest
1: you, to this because whenever you were raving about this show, me and my wife were there's a very specific time when we were in Jonesboro or or, or living on Monopoly circle something Start, watched an episode like Sean Sean won't shut up about this. He'll go and watch an episode. They were in the city. I'm like, what the hell is going? I thought this was on an island. What is this? <laughs> so I was like, what? Okay. Well, uh, Kate's pretty. What's okay? I, I can't do this. We'll, we'll have to do it from the beginning, I guess, at some point. And then we, right. we, we that, did. That
0: needs to be stated.
1: Uh, because, like, okay, yeah. so the last season was about to start, and me and my wife oh, my marathoned God. season one through five on Netflix. Like two, we finished
0: two days before season six started. Holy crap! I did not realize you. See, you took a lot in, but you didn't understand a lot of what you saw, did you?
1: Right. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Uh we went from it was so the season started in April. Is that right? I believe so. We we started watching in no October and November. So, okay. we we put we put all those, you know, which is not unreasonable, but every night we'd watch an episode or two and blah 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 you know this and that and just got engrossed in in Lost.
0: Now the themes of Lost are they're, they're they're awesome. I mean, I mean you're you're talking about probably in my opinion some of the best writing by Daniel Elmendorf and JJ Abrams. There is. I mean, I I freaking, you know, I I don't know. You're probably better to lead this because I just instantly fanboy out whenever Lost is brought up and JJ and all them. So, so you guide this ship, man, and, and I'll throw in commentary when I can.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it did such a good job of peppering in stuff you had questions about. And then stuff to keep you interested in. What's going on here? What's going on over there? The relation, the relationships in Lost are amazing. And I don't mean, oh, this is all great. This is just great. I don't mean in a fanboy way. You've got to remember, there are so many characters in this show. So many relationships that need balanced. And they're all handled pretty well. I mean, don't get me wrong. The writer strike and stuff is in there. There are problems with Lost. But, I mean, you, you understand the characters. There are relationships you want to succeed. There are relationships you want to fail. There are people you root for that even whenever they heel turn, you still may root for. Uh, there's characters that do an about face from bad guy to good guy. And, and you feel it. And you, you oh, yeah. it's fine. By the end of the show, Ben is somebody I really like.
0: Absolutely. How ben is, turned out to be one of my favorite characters.
1: How is that possible? Ben is the worst example of a human being in his in his first story arc. Just terrible. By the end of the show, he's somebody you want to give a hug to. That is amazing writing.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. By, by the end of it, you feel sorry for Ben. You're like, man... You just, you got a rough deal, man. Yeah, like, you just want to bro-hug him and be like, it's okay. Well, I mean, and we can be specific about this point, and, and I'll
1: use Ben as an example. The writing on Ben is Ben is the worst kind of human being, and then uh, he goes from that to Ben is somebody who's trying to get out of the shadow of somebody else, and and then he's he's trying to be the best person or trying to be the best leader he can but he's you know he's got these things in his personality that he can't get away from then he goes from that to uh, I'm, I'm second fiddle and I've got to deal with it and I've got to you know uh, like the death of his daughter I, I think is a major turning point in that character suddenly somebody you, you didn't care about somebody you wanted to uh, you know wanted bad things to happen to you want this guy gone it just his character makes a turn and suddenly you're you're sympathizing and empathizing with Ben, and then he's trying to help people. But you think you know, oh, he's got he's got some idea. You know, it, it's it's for his own interest, and it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. That that part of the character didn't change much at that point. Right. But as it keeps going, it becomes less about his self interest and more about his interest in his friends, and the people Absolutely. that were his worst enemies become his friends through this story and some people say it's really convoluted I, I it's it's like the the dead argument i don't think you were paying enough attention i don't think that you were invested enough in the show to care about and and i don't know how you get through six seasons of a show and, and end up that way you know maybe the first two or three seasons maybe four like i'm out you know i can't i don't i don't this isn't holding my interest, or this is too convoluted for me. I don't see how you go six seasons of a show and say and and not paid attention. That's,
0: Absolutely, I I agree with you there one hundred percent.
1: But uh, I mean, and and Jack's of course the stuff the at the end of the show, end of everything, you know, spoilers, 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 everything is Jack's it, story.
0: It's Jack's story, right? You you could rename Lost Jack's story. And you know little more than he does by the end of the show, right? And uh... you know, uh, I mean, it, it, it's just incredible. I, I freaking love it. Um, there there are times still now that Michelle and I will be like, let's let's throw on Lost and let's watch the episode where they get the van started. <laughs> yeah, that. That is one of my favorite episodes. They find that beer. Jen's just learning to speak English. And Sawyer rattles off some of the best insulting nicknames that he does in the entire show in that episode. Hands down, one of my favorites.
1: Yeah, and just Sawyer. I mean, I can't tell you how many children are named Sawyer now because of Lost. I mean, Sawyer is a... Sawyer could have been a southern... Just stereotype. That's what he could have been. He could have been. Oh, he's the hick. He's the Kentucky meth head. He's the guy from Arkansas that doesn't speak well or is educated. He's. You know, it could. Have, he could have been a hundred different things. Oh, uh, uh, to to just piss off anybody from the South. Sawyer is a really complicated, empathetic character. You know he's he's dealing with his own problems. He's deflecting through calling, you know, making up names for other people, putting other people down. He's he's uh, greedy. He has he hoards everything. He sells people their own stuff back. He's you know he's a he's a despicable character too. But you know uh, he he's he's the he's the hunk of the show though. Him and Jack have got this contention for the
0: girl Kate. You know, and it starts out that way. Sawyer and Juliet. Are the single most awesome couple in that show. When, when, when they are gone, you know that that's it for me, dude. They're they're the best. Like the moment that in the final season where Juliet and Sawyer remember each other is seriously one of the most emotional parts of any TV show I've experienced. Like seriously, as a grown man, you're sitting there and you're like, who's cutting the onions, man. Like what is going on in here? So it's incredible. Let's, let's skip to the end. Let's talk about the big stuff in the
1: show. And like I said, spoilers guys, you know, we're, we're going to talk about it. Um, so the sideways universe.
0: Okay. The, the one where they, they, you know, somebody along the way, that was their, in my mind, the final season, the Sideways episode. That is their purgatory. That is as Christian Shepherd, whoa, whoa, hold Jack's on, we're, father.
1: We're, we're going. We're skipping straight to the end. Hold on.
0: Well, <laughs> that's not well, where, I, that's well, not where I was going with that.
1: Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. But, uh, I mean, okay. So you had, you had the time travel, which correct some people don't like some people really don't like time travel they don't they just don't think it works um and and there was an episode for those guys it's the one where her harley thinks he can't die or is going to write uh 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 empire strikes back
0: yes yeah Yeah. he's gonna write it yeah and then uh, of
1: course the next or the last season had a sideways universe that uh um the constant correct
0: and kept, that one, you know, they, they don't know each other. None of them know each other. The plane landed successfully at LAX, and they all went about their day.
1: Right. And, but... Um, that doesn't that, happen. Right. But Desmond, Desmond is somehow visiting and returning from this universe. And, you know, that throws people off. But at the end, it is... Just so perfect. And you can finish your thought. I just wanted to, uh, n- there was a bit of confusion from some people that talk about it, about what was going on.
0: Correct. And, you know, to sum it all up, that final season, people have always said, well, well, that was, you know, what really happened or whatever. No. Christian Shepherd, a- and I- I've watched it a hundred times, honestly, he clearly states, this is the place you created to find each other so that when you're ready to move on. And in my mind, that meant in real life, the final one of them that move on in that episode had passed. And they all met up in that reality there so that they could move on to the next life together.
1: Right. I mean, he, he does go a little more in-depth to it. He's, he's like, some of you died before some of you, some, you know, died, died later. After. Right, and it is it is kind of set up that way as as purgatory. I mean, time doesn't matter whenever you die, is the conceit. So, everybody who they were friends with, and whenever Jack died, and whenever who, whoever died after him was all meeting there at the same time, and then moving on from the church. And I did want to say, and I've said this I don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast, but you've heard this before me. And damn you, J.J. Abrams and Terry O'Quinn. Because there is a movie. There's a movie starring Terry O'Quinn from the 80s. And John Malkovich is in this movie. There's a movie called Places in the Heart. Yep. And at the end of this movie, Places in the Heart, of course, it's a a story about uh, Sally Field... Uh, has this house she rents to people, um, and John Malkovich is blind. He's there. I'm too old for this shit. Uh, lethal Weapon. Danny, Danny Glo- Glover. Danny Glover is in it, and so and it's a story the uh, you know racism and hatred and that kind of thing. At the end With of the, the ending, at the end of the movie, you see John Malkovich, Sally Field, Terry O'Quinn, Danny Glover. And the kid that get, got killed at the very first of the movie in a racial attack are all sitting in a church, and the movie fades to white. And I like to have threw my TV. I was like, God bless it, J.J. Abrams! You stole this!
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. He straight up. It, and Terrio
1: quit, and Locke helped you!
0: <laughs> yep. Oh, oh God, gosh.
1: Dude. And and don't let, let me not lose this point. Locke, I love John Locke. Absolutely, my favorite character in the series, and he is so tragic, and that's oh, yeah. that's what I was looking forward to most about this discussion. Because John, if anybody was destined for the island, for the things going on in the island, from from the first episode to the last one, it is John Locke, and John Locke is a man who his entire life has been told. You can't do this. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I mean, that's that's his recurring thing is, don't tell me what I can't do. And it empowers the character, but it also cripples the character, no pun intended. Because <laughs> there are times he doesn't listen to people and accomplishes amazing things. But then there are times he doesn't listen to people and it ends up badly for somebody else or for him. And the tragedy of his character is he is, and through the series, is doing things that are going to protect the island, what he thinks is going to protect the island, what's destined to to happen to the island. And without John Locke, none of that happens. It falls apart. And, and it's on his shoulders. He knows this, but he does not know what to do. He feels powerless. He, he's doing what he can. And you feel for... Terry Quinn does such a great job as, as Locke. Absolutely. And you know from when he gets to the cave and he breaks his leg and and Christian is there and he's he's telling him he what he has to do but he can't help him he's got to do it on his own and you know the fact that he knows everybody tells him richard tells him jacob tells him christian tells him you have to die for to yeah. save the island and he and he go and he moves on anyway he keeps going John Locke is the hero of the story right up, into, yep. right up until he he does make the ultimate sacrifice a- after <laughs> that the John Locke we see is a tool but you know I never I never noticed I never found out if there was a little of John Locke left after that point
0: Oh yeah, you you wonder if there is. I, I'm pretty sure there was in the writings.
1: Well, of course, because it was it was the smoke monster. It was the man in black. Correct. Uh, using Locke's body, but here here's my biggest question I have left. It's not the Dharma Initiative. It's okay. it, it's not Walt. It's okay. not any. It's not the whispers. It's not any of that. All right. It's was Christian Shepard, the smoke monster.
0: Or was he a pawn of Jacob? Um, I believe the first time we start seeing Christian, that that is the smoke monster embodied in his dad. Now, you asked if there's a little bit of Locke left. I would like to think there's a little bit of Christian left, and it's actually good. And and that's the reason, once we start seeing different uh, flashes of Christian being on the island that I believe they're mo- more than likely positive. Because uh, I-, I think Christian knew his mistakes and given that chance with the smoke monster embodied in him that he, he tried to help Locke, he tried to help Jack. He-, he did what he could to help them from the other side. And that's the reason he has such a strong part in that final season. In that final scene, we see Christian being nice, being kind, being generous to Jack. Is because I, I really think upon his death, he probably learned a major lesson.
1: Well, and and Christian is pr- played very tragically too. You don't see a lot of of Christian being this evil dad. I mean, you see some stuff, but it, when he talks to Sawyer in Australia, uh, you know, when he talks to his daughter, you know, in Australia, right, and. You know, when he's in the cabin with Jacob, is 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 he being a person of Jacob, or are the smoke monster and Jacob talking in the cabin? You know, whenever he's talking to Locke, he's actually doing what Jacob wanted Locke to do. Like he's he's Locke is saving the island.
0: Very would, true. Would, would Very the smoke true. monster have done that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's actually a good one. I like that. But and then, there's just so oh, much. There's so much. Oh, there's so much. And and if you've been listening and you've stuck with us this long we appreciate it. We hope Lost is something you enjoyed. We'd love to hear back from you about Lost. It's something obviously years later I can still discuss to no end because it was such a powerful show in my life. And and I know that sounds silly for a show to be that powerful, but it really is. I love it. I could discuss it with anybody at any time, I'll be like, "Yeah, you want to have a Lost discussion? Let's do that." You know. Well,
1: I've I've talked to my son several times while watching Lost. It's his first time through, and he will ask me, "Why? Why is this character doing this? Why?" You know, he wants to know the motivation right. of these characters and and the story elements of what's going on and what does what does this mean? What do the shaking trees and the sound mean? And uh, through that discussion we've had about Lost, he's learned a lot about storytelling and, and foreshadowing and all that. And it's, I think it's a really powerful storytelling tool. If if oh, they absolutely. offered a class in, you know, of course they do offer classes in, in writing, but I mean, this is a great way to introduce somebody to good storytelling.
0: Absolutely. Well, man, okay, That it's going to wrap up our first discussion of our favorite TV shows. And uh, we don't even know which TV show is next, honestly. So I can't wait. Okay. Sweet. Is that this is episode 46. We are coming up on episode 50 and we will be having a 50th episode giveaway. Please like share our Facebook page, our Twitter, find our Twitter. It's not so Southern G's. We mention it every week. Give us a follow and find the Facebook page, Not So Southern Gentleman. Give it a like. Trust me, episode 50, if you want to be a part of this giveaway, it is going to take me forever, but there will be everybody's getting a vote. And if your page is liked by one of your mutual friends, you get two votes. I'm going to figure this out but I'm going to find a way to give people that have been here from the beginning a double vote because I know it's them that are out there sharing the page. They're liking, they're retweeting our Facebook or our Twitter posts. If we can reach a hundred to 150, then we'll do it. And let me just say, I am up to, I plan on giving away at least two comics I know of and four exclusive Funkos. And that's that's just you know that's just my end but let's just say this is going to be the biggest giveaway we're going to do absolutely so please be sure to like the facebook page follow us on twitter also i am going to try my best to start a every other day vlog i have recently purchased a gopro hero 5 black and i'm very excited to have this i you know i i've always wanted to do vlogging but now, I maybe it's just me, but I feel that I have the equipment, I have the mindset, it's all necessary right now, and we're going to get it done. So, if you go to the Not So Southern Gentleman twi- or YouTube page, uh, give it a subscribe. I plan on having having the first episode or the first vlog up by Wednesday. I'm going to record it tomorrow, uh, edit on Tuesday, and have it uploaded on Wednesday. So I'm going to try every other day from that point forward. And uh, so maybe this will be, uh, the video should be out about the same time as the podcast. Rick, I got nothing else. I This has been an awesome episode. And I enjoyed discussing Lost with you. And uh, you can find me at Maynard98 on Twitter. Combine both of us again. Not so Southern G's on Twitter. You find me at Ricky
1: Westbrook on Twitter, Prime Studio on Instagram. Uh, search Not So Southern Gentlemen on Facebook. Give us a like. Give us some comments. I I enjoy discussions, uh, especially on Facebook. And I'm more than happy to respond to anybody. Maybe at work, may, maybe a couple hours behind. But once I get home, I'm happy to talk for you for as long as I can. For Not So Southern Gentlemen, I'm Ricky. And
0: I'm Sean. Oh, have a great
1: night. Stop.